Set Phasers, a highly illogical Star Trek podcast. And welcome to uh, today's installment of Star Trek Lower Decks. I've been looking forward to this one. Have you now? Uh, hello, yes. Stevie. It's me. Uh, why have <laughs> you been looking forward to this one? Oh, hold on. Let me do that more uh, shattering. Hello, Stevie. Why have you been looking forward to this one? <laughs> because Boimler gets a girlfriend. And, and Mariner is so suspicious of this girlfriend. <laughs> and rightly so. And rightly so. Yes, Boimler gets a girlfriend. And that's why this episode is entitled uh, Cupid's Errant Arrow. But before uh, we get all carried away, just so the people know, uh, today's star date is star date 315525.8. And this is Set Phasers, a highly illogical Star Trek podcast. With your hosts, m- me, Stevie Manns. And me, Aki With your host, me. <laughs> and me. Me. I like that. We should say. <laughs> me and me. With your host, me. Very meta, isn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's do that going forward. Yes, we will. We're your hosts. Whenever I try to be professional with podcasting, it always goes wrong. With your host, me. With your host, me. You you sounded like you were surprised that you were hosting. (laughs) With your, like you were reading copy, like, "Uh, this is said phase of a highly logical Star Trek podcast with your host, me. Um, And me. Yes, we're discussing season one, episode five of Star Trek Lower Decks, entitled Cupid's Errant Arrow. And yes, Stevie, Boimler gets a girlfriend. If but briefly. If but briefly. Did we do a I forgot, did we do a we did a Star Deck. We did, I just did it. But then did. we Excellent. went all over the place. Uh, we did. Which Sorry. is important. No, it doesn't matter. I'm always all over the place. That's how we do. I would just like to say uh, this is uh, yet again uh, an episode about that's really uh, the Cerritos is the fifth character on Lower Decks. You know what I'm saying? Sex in the City, Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. Lower Decks, uh, you know, other movies. It's like this is about the character of the ship, the Cerritos, this episode. But also it's about how unlikely it is that Brad Boimler could have a beautiful, well-adjusted and successful uh, partner. Of course. Bradward. As we find out. Oh, yes. As we learn. Yeah. Bradwards. There's Bradleys. Bradwards. And so, yes. Shall we? Let's run it down. It's time to run it down. Can you run it down for me? What just happened? Can you run it down for me? Yeah, I'll run it down for you. So this all begins with the crew of the Cerritos, they're in orbit around a planet called Mixtus Three, and they're assisting in a controlled demolition of an unstable moon that's about to crash to the planet. And they're providing support for the Vancouver, a Parliament class ship. Which, when you see the this, also this, I realize this episode doesn't have a cold open. It just starts with the credits, and then the show is off and running. There's no like weird intro thing. 
Anyway, the Vancouver looks exactly like the Cerritos, only it's much larger. So it literally eclipses the Cerritos as it comes on the scene into orbit. And so Captain Carol Freeman and Commander Jack Ransom, which I think is how you're supposed to say his name. They're visiting the Vancouver and the captain of the Vancouver is like, hey, welcome to the bridge. And they're like, oh, see how great this ship is. One day you could command a ship this cool. And obviously Freeman and Ransom bristle at that. However, they're like, fine, that's great. That's wonderful. I'm so glad to be here and help. The captain tells them, like, uh, well, see, we may not be able to do that scheduled controlled demolition because there's a diplomatic problem. The people of Mixus 2 and Mixus 3 because they don't want the moon to be demolished, quite frankly. <laughs> and so Captain Freeman's sort of like, what? Why would there be a diplomatic problem? The, the moon's going to crash into the surface of the planet. And so she has shown the conference room and the people of Mixes 2 and Mixes 3 arguing about why the moon can't be demolished. They say it's crucial for the gravity for their summer crops. That uh, a, a lady says uh, has been home to their family for generations. And um, one person even says that it's uh, made up by the government to control them. <gasps> Ripped from today's headlines. <laughs> and then uh, since they're all seeing that, Freeman's like, let's get ready to negotiate. Meanwhile, in the lower decks, Brad Boimler, Brad Boimler, Brad Boimler, Brad Boimler. I don't know why I got stuck on Brad Boimler. Boimler? That's how you get out of a Boimler loop. Meanwhile, in the lower decks, Boimler is super excited, not only because they're going to get to do this joint project with the Vancouver, but because he has a special lunch date with his new girlfriend, who he's been dating for a month, Barbara Brinson. Brad Boimler and Barbara Brinson. Barb. Barb and Brad. Boimler and Brinson. A match made in heaven. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Mariner uh, has been dubious about whether or not this Barbara Brinson exists. Apparently, Boimler has been going on and on about her for the last month. And Mariner's like, okay, listen, uh, I don't even know if this girl's real. And Mariner's like, let me guess, we're going to have to go to the holodeck to meet her. To which Boimler replies, he doesn't do that anymore. That's a little Easter egg giving away. That's an Easter egg for an Easter egg. Indeed. And meanwhile, Rutherford and Tendy are performing some repairs when uh, part of the equipment catches fire. And they're talking about how old the Cerritos is, but it's got miles on it. But then they're talking about how sweet the Vancouver is and how it has like a thing that does a thing. And it's all super sexy and beautiful. And, and notably, they have the new... T-88s, which is like a, basically like a, I guess like a, a tricorder model. And they're like, what? There's no way they can house, they're not even out yet. But apparently they do. So they all take a shuttlecraft on over to the Vancouver for whatever reason. And Tendi and Rutherford immediately run off to look at the heat coils or something. Thermal mesh. Uh, they're super excited to be on the ship. They think it's the sexiest and most beautiful thing they've ever seen. They run away. Brad is standing there alone and sad with flowers and a teddy bear. And Mariner comes over and goes, okay, listen, she's like trying to get ready to console him. Like, you don't have to keep up the charade anymore. Even as she's about to do so, Barbara Brinson shows up and they embrace and they kind of kiss and make out and stuff. And, and Mariner can't believe it. She's like computer and program, computer and program. She thinks she's in the holodeck, but they're like, yeah, it's true. And so Brinson gives him like a little tour of the Vancouver and they talk about how they met. And how she'd never get into a long distance relationship, but they, but that Boimler exudes uh, some kind of like uh, 
just this this I don't know something <laughs> that she can't uh, resist, and so she's super into him. Uh, then another crew member from the Cerritos, Lieutenant Jet, shows up, and he's like, "Hey, we're working together," and he's like tall and handsome, and he's got a nice deep voice, and he's all like, "Hey, blah 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 blah," and, and he and Barbara Brinson have a little bit of a rapport as the French say, and they're going to be working together. And he's like, hey, I'll try not to make it go downtown. They do a little playful sort of hitting. And uh, I would say Bradward gets a little worried about it, but it seems like it all works out. And then Tendy and Rutherford report to the lieutenant commander on board the Vancouver, and he gives them orders to come up with some alternative solutions for the moon implosion problem. He tells them they're going to run some diagnostics uh, in the simulation mainframe. And he says he gives each of them a T-88. And he says, whoever gets done first gets to keep their T-88. And so they go flying off because they want to keep their new cool stuff. Meanwhile, back on the Cerritos, Mariner is really feeling weird about Brinson. And uh, Boimler is really feeling weird about Jet. And Mariner feels like something's going on with Barbara Brinson that maybe it's too good to be true and that she might be like an alien disguised as a human that's trying to do something to Boimler. Boimler's are all upset about it. Mariner. <laughs> the experience that Mariner has where she's docked at Deep Space Nine. Deep Space Nine. I heard you. Okay. And, and our listeners could hear your eyebrows rising. <laughs> My eyebrows are not so hairy that you can hear them raise. <laughs> it was the weight with which they were they raised. Anyway, an incident with two of her friends, and it's cute. It's Angie and Nico. <clears throat> She's saying they make a cute couple, and Nico's like, oh, it's nothing special. They were great friends, and they became whatever, and Mariner's like, you're a great guy. And he says, uh, she says that uh, either he's a great guy or he's a Harvonian shape changer, and he turns into a big monstrous, I presume, Harvogian shape changer, and immediately eats Angie. And uh, that's Mariner's experience. And she vows that she will not let that happen to Boimler. So this whole time, Freeman is like trying to get these people to agree and they're being completely ridiculous. She's coming up with all these like diplomatic plans for Mixes 2 and Mixes 3. It was like moving dust to the people who think it's religious and gravity systems installed for the crops and the ancestral homes will be re relocated and people are satisfied with the, with the solutions, but one representative will not go for it. Says that the moon blocks pollution from Mixes 3, which otherwise would fall into Mixes 2. And that comes a whole thing. Ransom counters that if they don't store it, it's a whole thing. And basically that one person tells Freeman Ransom, that if they destroy the moon, they'll be murderers. Uh, meanwhile, Rutherford and Tendi are basically having like a contest to see who can get all this. They're in the Jeffrey's tubes, Jeffrey's tubes, and they're like trying to do all the diagnosis, and they're like super excited at how fast the T88s are, and they're all they're both fantasizing about bringing their tools back to the ship and being like, "I've got a T88," and everyone on the ship being like, "Whoa!" On the Cerritos, uh, Rutherford <laughs> sees that Tendi has solved more problems than he more more diagnostics i guess than he and so he uses his cybernetic implants to help him go faster mariner meanwhile is hanging out with brinson and boimler and trying to run all sorts of tests on brinson on the low to find out what she might be she thinks she might be a surgically altered cardassian spy d space nine a transporter clone or a sulaban sulaban that's a deep cut that's 
season one Enterprise. I mean, no one wants to cut that deep. Am I right? There was a lot of deep cuts in that, but we'll get to that. We will. I know you're going to, I know you're all over it. She uh, gets a tricorder out to emit a blast that would disrupt her prosopronic brain in case, in case Brinson was like a, an android. And then she's like, she's going to need an organic sample to figure out what's going on. And so she, she's going to try to get some like hair or something like that. Meanwhile, the whole thing with Brad and Brinson is that Barbara Brinson has to be, Barbara Brinson has to be working with Jet. And so she's going to meet him later in the mess hall. They don't get to have their lunch on time. Rutherford, uh, oh, 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 my favorite part where Bradward uh, <laughs> Googles, Googles. I can't believe I said Googles. Where, where Brad Boimler asks the computer to show him all the cool people from Earth and then gets a bunch of clothes replicated that will make him look cool. And he looks like uh, the weirdest 90s skater boy fantasy weirdo uh, as he walks into the mess to finally meet Jet. Uh, and he acts like a total dweeb and asks the thing for beer. It's great, fantastic, worth watching. Mariner is still freaked out. Uh, meanwhile, the the orbital platforms that are holding the things that are keeping the moons from crashing into the planet are too low, and so there's like a catastrophe happening there, but don't worry about it because there's still everyone is still arguing about everything. Boimler basically has to make it up to Barb. I don't even know how. I didn't realize I'd have to say Barbara, Barb and Boimler so many times. You're struggling with that today. Bo- Boimler, it's just so much B. Boimler, because Boimler, because Boimler's bringing gifts to Barb to make up for the argument that they had. He shows up with gifts, but he hears them inside the Yosemite shuttle talking to each other in a way that sounds sexually suggestive. But it turns out that they're not being sexually suggestive and he's embarrassed and he apologizes and they kiss and make up. And then she invites him to go with her on the shuttle out to do something at the orbital platforms and maybe get a little alone time together. And Brad's like, all right. But little do they know that Mariner tags along. So while they're doing that, Tandy and Rutherford go back to the lieutenant commander's office, lieutenant commander docent, and they report the completion of their duties. And Dozen is like, great, you get to keep your T-88s because you're now being officially transferred to the Vancouver because my mom used to live near... Did mom? Uh-oh. Aunt? Grandmother? Uh, Uh-oh. Oh, aunt. My uncle? Aunt. I think it's Let's aunt. Go aunt. Super important details here. <laughs> anyway, he's like, you're going to be transferred no matter what. It's an important detail because he's lieutenant commander something Dozen. And he's like, you're going to be transferred. And that's the end of it. And they're like, uh, no freaking way. They don't want to do with that. Tendi and Rutherford are upset that they're going to be forced to leave the Cerritos. They they ask Dosen if they can stay. Um, he gets like, super upset, which is weird. And said he's already ridden up the transfer and just needs to send it to the Admiral. Tendi says, you're not allowed to transfer us against our will. And then Dosen says, whatever. My grandmother used to live near her. So Tendi knocks the, the thing out of his hand and they pass it back and forth, playing keep away with it. And then they run away with it and he has to run after them. And eventually he catches up to them and uh, I forget how it happens, but he accidentally shoots Boimler in the knee in the thing. But then he admits the whole thing is that he wants to get off the Vancouver because being in an elite class ship is super stressful because you're like uh, having to go back in time and deal with like crazy energy aliens and he just wants to hang out on a ship and do like normal stuff and that's why he was doing that 
but the Tendi and Rutherford are able to uh, sort of leverage the fact that he's behaved so poorly to get him to allow them to go back to the Cerritos and also give each of them T-88 to take back with them. And that's essentially the end of that story. Meanwhile, Mariner sneaks on the shuttle that Boimler and Barbara are on. And she's trying to sneak in to save Boimler from what she thinks Barbara is. She gets in there only to discover Boimler naked, getting ready to have a little equality time with Barbara. But they argue for a bit. And then because the orbital platforms are dealing with the gravity situation, the ship shakes, Boimler gets knocked out cold. Then Mariner sees Barbara come out and Mariner and Barbara have it out. They fight, but then they realize that they both get along. They are able to like bond over the fact that Brad Boimler is a complete bozo. See what I did Bees. And um, Barbara allows Mariner to, this is so difficult. This is like HMS Pinafore. Barbara allows Mariner to scan her to determine that she's not a parasite. However, her scan does report that there is a parasite somewhere on the ship. Where? Oh, it's on Brad. (laughs) It's just on Brad Boimler's in the back of his neck. So they take the, so apparently he was the one with the parasite. When they take it out and they they analyze it, it turns out to be a parasite that makes people more attractive through pheromones and it pretty much ruins his relationship with Barbara, who basically is like, oh yeah, you know what? I need to focus on my work. It's not you, it's me. And she kisses him on the forehead and she leaves. All is well. When we get to the end, uh, it's Rutherford and Tendy hanging out. And they both have their T-88s, and they both also stole duffel bags full of T-88s. And uh, you know what? Cerritos wins again. (sighs) That's it. Cupid's Errant Arrow. Cupid's Errant Arrow with Brad Boimler and Barbara Brinson. (laughs) I think... It might be time. Oh, baby doop dee bop doodly doop Easter eggs. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm in the studio. This is Aki Burmese, and we're going now live to Stevie Mance, who is on the scene with some Easter eggs from this week's episode. Stevie! Thank you, Aki. Thank you, Aki. Great to be here. Great to be here. Uh, so we had a couple of Easter eggs today, uh, as you might be aware. So we had Hollow Girlfriends. Brad Boimler was uh, joking with Marin, or Mariner was joking with Brad Boimler about whether or not his new girlfriend was a hollow girlfriend. And he goes, I don't do that anymore. Nicely, a throwback to, in fact, two TNG characters, Geordie LaForge, as well as Reginald Barkley, who was probably more guilty for it than Geordie. But you love Geordie and uh, Dr. Leah Brahms. And also, we just rewatched oh. the episode, uh, Seven of Nine. Did the same thing with Chalcote. Yes. Yeah. With Chakotay. And Riker was probably our first holodeck uh, romancer yeah. with uh, this deep cut with, uh, you may remember, Minuet from the episode with the Binars. That's right. There was a nice little throwback to TNG with Barb Brinson. She made a comment about 1920s Chicago, which was also a throwback to that holodeck episode where Captain Picard goes back for his, uh, his leisure time and he goes into uh, the novel the fictional novel of dixon hill that's right i was trying to remember the name dixon hill yes dixon hill and they all get stuck there and whatnot yes it's wonderful in period costume indeed and there was a reference to a rogue hollow character 
um, or what was it, a rogue hollow villain or something? And that the first one was when Cyrus Redblock manages to get out of the holodeck from that very episode. Yes. And then we end up having a, and then later on, we get the um, Moriarty episode where he manages to control the ship with uh, elementary dear data. That's right. I believe was the episode. Mm -hmm. Fantastico. Right. So one of my favorite Easter eggs, I think, of the entire series was in this episode where Mariner is trying to work out what is wrong with Barb Brinson. And she has a conspiracy chart. So they go into a little room and they have a conspiracy chart. And she's got like these red strings going from here to there, like it's some sort of FBI investigation. And if you look closely, you can see a ton of things. So obviously a few things are mentioned, like a Sulaban, I think, was mentioned. But if you look on the chart, you can see things like so there's a Sulaban. There's even Seska. Mm -hmm. There's a picture of Seska from, uh, from Voyager. There is a Dauphin if you may remember from TNG with season one, and it was Wesley Crusher. The Duras sisters are on that board also, which is quite fun. There was, And there's also a picture of Data's first daughter, Lal, right. if you may remember. Lal, yes. Lal. And then transporter clones, which I quite liked. There was, there was like a picture of two barbs and figuring out that perhaps it was the clone. And, and if you did spot, there was a, a nice giant picture of a humpback whale. So that was a nice throwback to original series uh, or the movie. That's right. I forget which one. Star Trek Five, right? Four. Voyage Home. Four. Right? Five. It was the last one. Wasn't it the last one? It was yes. uh, the motion picture, Wrath of Khan, Search for Spock, Voyage Home. Four. Voyage Home. And then Generations was five. No. Then there are oh, two God. more original series movies. Which I do not recommend. Really? Yes. I thought, I thought Voyage Home was the last original series. No, nope, there are. I believe that there are six TOS movies and then Generations. If I'm not Good mistaken. Lord, I really need to up my game. Mm, I don't know if you need to up it to five and six, but you can if you want. And then the last one was, uh, I think we were talking about. I forget what we were talking about. It was. It, there was a, a quote where he said, "You know, there were sexy people in rompers who murder you for going on the grass." Um, a nice little throwback to TNG and Wesley mm -hmm. Crusher, when all of those sexy people, when they just run everywhere yes. and they wear very little things. That's right. And uh, then they were in, mm -hmm. the, you know, Picard had to to grapple with the prime directive once again as he decided whether or not to let Wesley Crusher mm -hmm. die. And I really don't re remember how he managed yeah. to get out of that, to get out of that, except by beaming them off the planet. I don't remember either. He must have beamed them off the planet. Or he did, did they... but I'm, I'm sure he, there's always like a twist where he's not quite breaking the prime directive. Right. I'm wondering if... He, but yeah, anyway. anyway uh, we don't need to... <laughs> we can do a TOS uh, when we want to do 5,000 episodes in a row. We'll start from season one and do seven seasons of yeah. TNG. We've, we've got some watch-alongs planned. Anyway, well, uh, well uh, thank you very much, Aki. That's, that's everything from the Easter eggs over here. And uh, back, back to you in the studio. Thank you very much. Was a true pleasure. Oh, by the way, I did have one Easter egg that we maybe didn't mention because it was visual. When Boimler is on the holodeck waiting for Barbara Brinson the first time, it's easier to say in this voice, he's holding flowers at a teddy bear. The teddy bear is a Geordie bear. <gasps> teddy bear. How did I miss visor. the teddy bear? Sorry, Aki. Aki, nope. Aki, you're right. Yep, yep, yep. You're still the best at what you do. And now let's go to quotable moments. Quotable moments. Uh, <laughs> so many wonderful quotable moments in this. Uh, would you like to go first? Sure. I only had really there were there were many, and I think some yes. of them for me were were my Easter egg moments. But this was a fun one for me. So it's when 
Boimler, um, he's talking about the uh, old flame of Barb Brinson's, Barbara Brinson's. Mm -hmm. And he said, mm -hmm. that guy is like a Kirk Sunday with Trip Tucker sprinkles. <laughs> that was my favorite line. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. This this show's jokes are so nerdy. It's ridiculous. Um, I have a couple lines that I liked a lot. Um, I really enjoyed the part in the beginning when Tendi and Rutherford are fixing the thing and Rutherford is just <laughs> lying there with like his feet up and he's got his hands crossed behind his head and he says uh, you smell that Tendi? Each ship on the fleet has its own scent. I think the Cerritos smells like toasting marshmallows on a cool night. Which I just thought was hilarious. Also when they find out that there are T-88s on the Vancouver, uh, Tendi says, that's not possible. They're not out yet. It's a starship, not heaven, which I thought was fantastic. And uh, yes, it was grandma. Wait a second. You can't just transfer us against our will. Watch me. Do I need to remind you who my grandma's neighbor was? I guess I do. It was the Admiral. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lucky grandma. Yeah. <laughs> my grandma was neighbors with the admiral that is so stupid i really like the Sulaban reference because they're such a rando species that really only comes up in enterprise uh that's neither here nor there oh and the surgically altered cardassian spy is funny if you've watched a ton of ds9 because everyone is constantly surgically altering their faces to become a cardassian looking like a bajor and a bajor and looking like a cardassian so they can all go undercover and kill people Cardassians suck. And that's it. That's Code of Moments. We should move on to next time. Let's move on. Set phases to stats. Oops. <laughs> Let's move on to the right sound effect this time. Next time on Set Phasers. Next time on Set Phasers, we'll be discussing episode six of season one of Star Trek Lower Decks entitled Terminal Provocations. Terminal Provocations. Full disclosure, I have forgotten what that episode is about. So I hope to rewatch it. Do you remember? Oh, is it Badgie? Do we have our first Badgie episode? Oh my God, is it the Badgie episode? And I just didn't remember the name. Holy moly, I hope it is. Because okay. there were two Badgie episodes. So if this is, we must, maybe it's the start of our Badgie. I think if this is the beginning of the were there Badgie two or three? episode. Ugh. I think there were two because Badgie comes back at like the end, towards the end. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the final one. That's it's definitely right. set up earlier. I think this, you might be right. There's only ten episodes, and this is episode six. This would be when you introduce Badgie. Oh man! Yes, terminal provocations because you know he's pretty deadly, as we find out. Spoiler! Spoiler alert! So yes, next week we'll be discussing Badgie, and that episode is not to be missed. Uh, nor is this episode to be missed. And thank you so much for not missing it. Thank you for joining us. If you enjoy the program, you can catch us uh, on old episodes of our podcast, but you can also catch us every Monday with new podcasts wherever you get your podcasts from. And please rate and subscribe us on Apple uh, Podcasts. So, God, what happened to my Or wherever you get your podcasts. Please rate us well, but the Apple Podcast one, that's we'd love a rating there. And uh, write something and maybe we'll read it. Blah, 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 blah. blah. 
And yeah, why not dig into the old archive episodes if you are a Trek fan? We have we are we are going to cover all of the Treks. That's well, maybe ish. I don't know if we'll end up covering all of Deep Space Nine, but we'll cover the new ones. Five hundred we'll episodes of Star Trek. We're going to do them all. Yeah, because we have no friends, no life, and no jobs. Um, I'm just kidding. We are employed. I consider it this great. It is fun. It is fun regardless. Anyway, uh, if you want to catch us on social media, we have lots of things to keep you entertained with. Uh, lots of lots of meme games and Star Trek things to think about. You can find us on at Set Phasers and at Set Phasers Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Meme Game Strong. Thank you. Yes, Meme Game Strong. That's TV. If you want to support us on our continuing mission to discover what Star Trek has in store for us, we'd only be delighted, just delighted. You can patronize us. We can take it by going to patreon.com slash set phasers. Well, until next time, I'm Stevie Manns. And I'm Barbara Brinson. And this has been Set Phasers, a highly illogical Star Trek podcast. Computer. End program. Mm-hmm.